Welcome to the In the Oil Patch radio show, broadcasting from the SR Trident studio. SR Trident, where safety is a culture, not just a word. In the Oil Patch radio show with Kimball Auto is where you will hear the latest in the oil, gas, and energy industry from a wide variety of industry experts, elected officials, and more, right here on In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined by Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. But before we bring on Nick, I'd like to tell you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. The cover story is Heidi Gill, the CEO of Urban Solutions. What an amazing company, and she's doing amazing things, her and her company in Colorado. Be sure to visit shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com to read all about Heidi and Urban Solutions. I'd also like to tell you about a new date set for our State of Energy with Shell Magazine 2022 that is coming to the Houston Club downtown on April 21st, starting at 11.30 a.m. The keynote speaker will be the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian, as well as featured moderator, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge. The panelists will include Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Phil Anderson, Senior Vice President of Liquid Pipeline for Embridge, and Bruce Fullenwider, the Vice President of Argus Media. For tickets on State of Energy Luncheon in Houston on April 21st, please see, please go to shellmagticketleap.com backslash state of energy. That's shellmag.ticketleap.com backslash state of energy. And we will see you there. And now it's time to welcome on the co-host and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in the oil patch. It sure is. And we're actually enjoying nicer weather compared to what we've been having. So I'm pretty excited about, um, wait, did the groundhog see its shadow? Are we expecting more? I don't even know. It was like (laughs) four days ago. I think we're expecting more winter. (laughs) Let's jump into um, last June, the UN announced that all new investments in oil and gas needed to stop in order to meet the climate change goals proposed by the Paris Climate Accord. Um, Yet now we see oil companies like Exxon and BP announcing big increases in their capital budgets in response to the booming global oil demands. Is it safe to say that nobody listens to the UN where energy (laughs) is concerned? Um, And I don't mean to be critical, but if they're not listening, they make a statement. Yeah, no one. And and China, for that matter, isn't either. They're saying to their leaders that they're not going to change anything and they're not even going to participate with the Paris Climate Accord for 20 years from now. Well, I mean, it's just, it's such a dumb thing to say that that you're going to cut off all investments in oil when we're at record demand globally for mm-hmm. crude oil, mm-hmm. higher than ever. Mm-hmm. We use more And only set to continue States. even higher right, and exactly. greater. Exactly. And it, it's just, I mean, the UN itself uh, a month ago said they're anticipating that global crude demand is going to increase by another 3 million barrels a day in 2022 what are you supposed to do just stop producing it and let everyone starve uh you know die freeze to death in their homes yeah we don't have a viable alternative to it so yes everyone's ignoring what the un said and they should because the, the world needs energy and uh people need energy just to survive okay much less grow their economies and it just, it's like the dumbest thing, you know, the UN says a lot of dumb things, quite frankly, uh, because the people who 
make the decisions at the UN are these these just complete total elites in society who have no understanding how most people live in this world. And and so yes, I mean BP and and Shell and ExxonMobil and Chevron and all the companies are uh, expanding their their capital budgets this year because prices are stronger and they have more money to spend and that's what they're going to do is spend their money, invest their money in new reserves, invest their money in green energy alternatives as well. Mm -hmm. And and that's what they should be doing. That's why they're in business and the UN can say, you know, whatever it wants. The Biden administration isn't giving up on energy transition either. Energy Secretary Jennifer Graham Hole um, this week tried renewable energies at the World Peace in a speech at the UN of all places. Um, and I guess, um, you know, what, what was she talking about? What do you think was going on there? You would yeah, think she... that their handlers would do some research and stuff. I know if I was in political office, I would definitely be research-based versus yeah. just going along with what everybody's saying. Hey, that sounds great. Ugh, that's what it yeah, seems I, like in a lot of you Secretary Granholm really has a problem uh, with her communications. There's no doubt about it. She really needs someone on her staff that understands energy. She certainly doesn't understand energy and appears that no one working for her does either. And she's the Secretary of Energy. That is what she said. Yes, she said that uh, that uh, all these subsidies Biden wants to do for for the wind and solar industries are possibly the biggest world peace pod project in history. And what is she talking really, about? How do you, I have no idea. I mean, it's just bizarre. It's, it's, it's just one of the weird things that she says. I mean, she's, she's really out there where, where this topic is concerned. I, I mean, look, wind and solar are fine. They're, they're fine energy sources in certain conditions. If they're managed properly in a power grid, which uh, you know our state has had a hard time doing over the last 20 years, um, but but I don't think they're really critical to maintaining world peace, and I don't think Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping do either. And um, they won't even we, come we, to the table to talk about climate change. Right. I mean, it's just it's when you have this administration talking in these terms. At, at the UN or wherever, international conferences, the people listening to them just shake their heads and, and think, who are we dealing with here? This okay. is this is not reality. Uh-uh. And I, I really wish they would do a better job of, I don't know, speaking from a position of actual knowledge uh, rather than these fantasies that they, they like to communicate. It's just weird. It's odd. We're now living in a land of unicorns. <laughs> right, um, yeah, and unicorns and sugar plum fairies, yes. There you go. So Joe Biden promised to end Russia's Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which he was mm-hmm. kind of warm to in the beginning of his administration. Um, but now, of course, um, you know, which, of course, the Nord Stream for, for our listeners to pipeline would be carrying the natural gas to Germany. So if Russia right. decides to invade Ukraine, which... We hear it's highly likely a war could break out at any moment. Given the final approval to start up the pipeline rests entirely in Germany and in the uh, in Europe, 
What do you mm-hmm. think the Biden administration is doing when they're they're talking about they're going to end the project? I know we just <laughs> finished the psych, you know, we just finished this discussion on we're living in a time with we've got fairy dust yeah. uh, unicorns. Well, I you know, it's 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 an interesting question because I mean, the Biden administration one of the first things he did was to approve give America's approval through the UN for the completion of that project. The pipeline's built. They're just waiting for for the Germans to okay the final permit to start moving gas through it now. Uh, uh, So how would our administration end Nord Stream 2? The only thing I can think of is he's threatening to blow it up, um, which would be clearly an act of war. Um, And I really hope that uh, the president was speaking off the top of his head, which is always a dangerous thing. And that's not really the official position of this administration. Um, uh, Because I just don't think our country needs to be in any kind of a shooting war in Europe. Um, But that's just me. So I, I don't know exactly what he meant. Nobody else seems to either. But it sure sounds uh, risky and dangerous when you hear the president say something like that. Well, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just. Um... You know what? I think I think the, the best thing we can do is end this segment with just kind of really talking about, you know, as people listen to our show. And by the way, we get so many calls on Saturdays and Sundays when our show is actually airing. And thank you to the listeners for calling in and wanting to be a part of the show or asking questions. But I'll tell you, I think that they are picking up, uh, the the listeners, how important energy is. I keep saying this over and over and over again. It's it guys, it's a matter of national security. We need to focus on Mm -hmm. energy. It, It will sustain life, but it also prevents wars. And when we don't have enough, we start having problems. And this is another example of United States meddling potentially um, and, and saying things, saber rattling, if you will, a country that probably doesn't do very well when you do that. And, I, and I'm and i with you. Like yeah. this president should probably be a little bit more professional in, in his handlers and helping him communicate on a global stage. Or you shouldn't answer a question Just hanging like that. out there. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it's just an ambiguous answer that, well, what does that mean? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> So uh, that being said, what a uh, I guess we'll have to just wait and see. We're on a wait and see on pins and needles. But, David, mm-hmm. that is all the time we have for this segment coming up. Uh, we will be talking and catching up with the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge. You're listening to In the World Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. SR Trident is a proud sponsor of State of Energy 2022 is coming to the Houston Club in downtown Houston on Thursday, April 21st, starting at 1130 a.m. The keynote speaker will be the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian, and will feature moderator Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, along with panelists Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Phil Anderson, Senior VP of Liquid Pipelines Enbridge, and Bruce Fullen, Vice President of Argus Media. For tickets for the State of Energy Luncheon in Houston on April 21st, go to shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash stateofenergy. That's shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash stateofenergy. Sponsored in part by SR Trident. Psst. Hey, you. 
Do you want to join the fastest growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? Teak is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash teak and click on the join link enter your information and we'll get you set up join the texas energy advocates coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today shale oil and gas business magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing our digital advertising services include website email radio video and social media shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management visit our website shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. Now it's time for us to welcome on our guest today, Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Porter Corpus Christi. Sean, welcome back to End the Wall Patch Radio Show. Thank you, Kim. It's good to be here again. I want to jump in because there's a lot going on with the Biden administration, and I want to make sure that we have time to talk about all of the things that the administration is doing and how it's affecting ports like the Porter Corpus Christi, uh, along with the oil and gas sector. But first, let's get caught up with the ports deepening project. It's been ongoing from even the past administration. Um, And I know that you guys have been working closely with the Army Corps of Engineers. Can you give us an update since since Senator Cloud brought back, you know, money for the infrastructure and we know the infrastructure bill did not pass with this administration? Where where do you feel you guys are at with the deepening of the port? Have you hit any roadblocks or can you give us an update? Well, Kim, the the bipartisan infrastructure plan uh, was signed into law in uh, early December by President Biden. And uh, subsequent to that, the Army Corps of Engineers submitted uh, its work plan that it anticipated would use those funds that were earmarked for ports around the country in the bipartisan infrastructure package. And you know, disappointingly, but certainly not surprisingly, with the exception of the Port of Houston, which is uh, had $142 million earmarked for its container terminals, no other port in Texas got any money. And even though the uh, district command for the Galveston District of the United States Army Corps of Engineers submitted a work plan that clearly had a significant amount of dollars that it said it could execute upon on projects here in Texas to deepen and widen uh, a lot of our ports, including the Port of Corpus Christi. That was hugely disappointing, certainly for us here at the Port of Corpus Christi, and is really not good public policy. The reason for that is primarily uh, 20% of all exports from the United States move through Texas ports. Yeah. Uh, so to not have any funding in what is 
arguably the largest infrastructure package ever to pass Congress and to be signed into law in the history of this country is uh, really just uh, disturbing for, uh, for me and, and certainly for most of us who are in the industry. Sean, uh, we have midterm elections coming up um, in November. Um, you know, I think most experts think it's likely the Republicans are, are probably going to take back control of both houses of Congress. That certainly is not a certainty, but seems likely given current polling. Um, would there be any prospect for any of this changing uh, with Republican majorities in Congress? Are we going to have to wait for, uh, well, let's just talk about that first. Would there be any prospect for any changes with different majorities in Congress? Well, I, I certainly um, do believe that it's it's uh, a very strong possibility that uh, uh, the House and possibly the Senate uh, could uh, uh, swing to the Republican side which uh, if this administration, if that does in fact happen, obviously this administration is going to need to move more to the center in order to, uh, to get anything done in the, in the last two years of, of this current term. Uh, and, and that includes having a much more realistic energy policy. Uh, you know, today it seems like there is an, a revolution that's going on in Washington, D.C., uh, with the Democratic caucus, where they really want to vilify fossil fuels, uh, and yet they have all of these ambitions for, uh, you know, these aspirational goals when it comes to uh, addressing climate change, which we fully recognize there is work to be done, and the Port of Corpus Christi and certainly the oil and gas industry is committed to doing that work, but you've got to have good, strong, bipartisan support, and yeah. in the absence of that, public policy is going to languish. You know, squandering our nation's energy, uh, you know, through this misguided policy, as my good friend Todd Staples with the Texas Oil and Gas Association uh, says, is, is really taking us in the wrong direction. We couldn't agree more. So we'll be watching the midterms closely. But in the meantime, what concerns me even more, David, is, you know, large large energy producers here in the United States like Occidental and ConocoPhillips have not been able to have meaningful conversations with this administration right. on how we move their climate agenda forward. The fact that no oil and gas executives were invited to COP26 is hugely disappointing because in my estimation, this administration is not going to meet its climate goals without the state of Texas and without the fossil fuels industry. Recognizing, of course, that the Army Corps of Engineers is a federal agency. Is there any role the state of Texas can play in moving the, these, these projects to deepen and widen these ports forward? I mean, through its own budget. And I, I think I know the answer to this, but I wanted to just pose the question to you. Before we give the floor to Sean and he answers that question, let me go to a quick station identification break. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show and we'll be right back. 
The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C. and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media, and search engine optimization. All of these areas really affect how Google ranks your entire listing. So if ranking on page one is your goal, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile. We'll be in contact with you within 24 hours. Once again, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find. We're back. You're listening to on the Wall Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. Sean, uh, before the break, we were I was posing a question to you about whether the state of Texas budget, with its budget, could play any role in moving these these deepening uh, projects away at our state's ports. Yeah, David, I, I think so. I, I think that the state of Texas being the largest energy producing state in the union. And uh, even with the pandemic uh, demonstrating a, a budget surplus this past year, yeah. I think it is in the enviable position of doing some things that uh, the federal government uh, has, has yet to do. Although I also do believe that, that there is an opportunity for us to work with the federal government. I'm not ruling that out. Uh, when you look at what's going on on the global stage, uh, you know, with the Ukraine, uh, with Taiwan, uh, and our allies who, you know, the saber rattling that's going on right now between the United States and Russia and the United States and China, and the possible trade sanctions that could be levied on either one of those sovereignties, our allies who are using Russian gas, for example, are really going to be looking to the U.S. and to the Gulf Coast and to the state of Texas to help supplant that if, in fact, it gets to to that point. And the state of Texas and the federal government, I think, both have a a responsibility to look at how we can continue to grow those exports, reduce that burgeoning trade deficit, and take care of our trading partners and our our allies. 
you know, the first two months of, uh, sorry, the, the, you know, the first half, the first part of, of 2022, uh, nearly two thirds of all uh, LNG exports from the United States went to, uh, went to Europe. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a strong indication of where right. the market is and where the market will continue to be, not only from a, 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 a uh, economic standpoint, but certainly the geopolitical and the national security components of that as well. So this is a great opportunity for the state of Texas. I think the United States, uh, the federal government and the Biden administration also has a responsibility to continue to facilitate those exports. But it's certainly not doing that with how it has been deploying capital based on the bipartisan infrastructure package, as I said in the previous segment. Yeah. Well, Sean, before we get, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the ports achievements and ESG a little bit later on the show. And also we're going to get caught up with the, some uh, Democrats in D.C. that are proposing export ban. But before we do, I just want to back up and just ask you, David asked you a question earlier about, uh, and you were mentioning that you guys have not gotten the funding and it was a, a pretty disappointing day. What happens to the port if this does not turn around? How does it stifle y'all's growth for the future? Well, it's a great question, Kim. And the good news is it's a four-phase project to deepen and widen the Corpus Christi ship channel. Phase one is complete and phases two and three are currently under construction, fully funded with both federal dollars and the port's money because we has, have a cost share responsibility as well. So it's that fourth and final phase, which fortuitously for us is the the, the shortest and uh, least expensive uh, by cost estimate phase of the project is what is remaining. It's about $150 million that is remaining in work to be done. We were hopeful that, that, that uh, those appropriations would happen this spring and that that contract could be awarded. And in the absence of those appropriations, the Army Corps of Engineers cannot even advertise that contract for execution. So we'll get one more bite at the apple with normal budget work plan money. Uh, if we miss that this year, uh, then we will be stalled yet another year on that last phase. But again, the good news is a good portion of the channel is already either improved or will be completed. The improvements will be completed by the end of uh, 2022. And it will be uh, unfortunate that that last remaining piece, if you will, the last mile, so to speak, those that have facilities within that phase four, that last uh, phase of the project, uh, will just have to wait until the federal government uh, gets its uh, appropriations right and, and gets the project appropriated accordingly. Very good. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we want to get on uh, the port's achievements with ESG and talk a little bit about what's happening in D.C., and uh, the rumor about potentially an export ban on LNG. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, 
shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. We're back. You're listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. Sean, uh, I know the port has made a lot of progress uh, on its goals related to what we call ESG, environmental, uh, social, and government governance goals. Uh, and particularly, you know, I know, gosh, so many things uh, uh, from an environmental standpoint. And I just wanted to start this segment by talking, giving you a chance to talk about some of the things you guys have been doing there at the port. Uh, well, thank you for asking, David. Look, ESG is front and center for the way that we conduct business and the way that we conduct our, our own behaviors. Uh, from an environmental standpoint, there's been no single agency in South Texas that has done more in the areas of improving air quality, improving water quality, uh, improving habitat, uh, and certainly being bold in the areas, for example, uh, taking full advantage of the fact that the state of Texas is the largest producer of renewable energy in the country. Because of that, the Port of Corpus Christi made a conscious decision in 2017 to operate on 100% renewable energy. And I'm pleased to report that 2022 is the start of our fourth year in operating on 100% renewable energy, again, taking full advantage of the fact that Texas is the largest producer of wind uh, power in the in the country and the second largest producer of solar power. So those are examples of, of what we've done thus far. The, the, the question also is, what are we going to do going forward? And we are being extremely bold in the development areas for carbon capture and sequestration as well as hydrogen production for scale for export. Uh, we are working with a tremendous uh, a number of both uh, uh, state agencies, federal agencies like the Department of Energy, state agencies like the University of Texas, uh, and, 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 and uh, companies, uh, private industry, large conglomerates, both uh, domestic and uh, foreign, uh, and really looking to step up our game in those areas of, of CCS and, and hydrogen production. And the reason for that is, you know, nobody is going to make the significant investments that they need inside the fence line, those existing, uh, in, in those existing industrial operations in, in, the, in the areas of carbon capture, if you will, if that carbon does not have a home and they don't have that certainty that that carbon has a home when it leaves their fence line. So we're working from storage back to fence line for our existing target sources. And then we're working on developing new industry here, which if we have what I call a plug and play carbon capture and storage solution, it's another tool in our economic development uh, tool belt. And we're very excited about that. uh, And do believe that given our geological formations near the port that are ideally suited for that large scale uh, pore space as they call uh, these uh, these geological formations, 
uh, we are really generating a lot of interest and a lot of excitement, not only from existing emitters, but certainly bringing in new customers as well. So another development, I was out on LinkedIn this morning and saw a post you put up on LinkedIn about the Chenier Energy now planning to add a third train to uh, Corpus Christi LNG. Kudos. Uh, what, what is the time frame uh, on that project? Well, let, let me, uh, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, noticing that and my congratulations to Chenier. Uh, they have brought online nine trains in nine years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they are by far the largest LNG liquefaction and export operator in the United States. Uh, they're one of their largest facilities and the largest in Texas is right here in Corpus Christi. They have three large scale trains today, David, um, large scale liquefaction trains. This new growth segment is their phase three. It's not train. Oh, phase three. Phase, I'm sorry. I misread it. Yes. Three. yes. Phase three. Currently their capacity is just shy of 16 million tons of LNG production a year. That's the way that, uh, you know, us transportation folks, we think in terms of tons rather than uh, BCF or, yeah. or uh, you know, uh, but, but, but right now it's nearly 16 million tons that they can produce and have been producing, uh, which was, you know, by far our largest growth segment in 2021. This phase three is forecasted to double that, adding yet another wow. nearly 16 million tons right on a piece of property that they own next to their current footprint, another thousand acres. So we're very excited about their growth potential and fully anticipate that their board work will consider FID uh, final investment decision for that phase three, hopefully as soon as, as this spring. Uh, we're watching closely and, and are certainly uh, supportive of all the initiatives that Chenier is engaged in here in Corpus Christi thus far. Very good. Let's uh, switch gears and talk a little bit about what's happening in D.C. There's a proposal coming from 10 Democrat U.S. senators limiting the LNG exports under the false belief that it would mitigate gas prices to consumers in their states. But I want to note that seven out of the 10 senators represent the New England states. But I also want to for you to tell me how possible do you think this is? Because I think we've already been here before and hopefully... Um, uh, this is not picking up traction, but we've been hearing this for, for, for a little bit of time now. So I'm trying to figure out how possible is this or plausible. We do have to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Wool Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company. Established in 2012 by co-founders Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold, SR Trident has positioned itself as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals who are dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662, or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. 
Oil Field Expert Specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. SR Trident is a proud sponsor of State of Energy 2022 is coming to the Houston Club in downtown Houston on Thursday, April 21st, starting at 1130 a.m. The keynote speaker will be the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian, and will feature moderator Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, along with panelists Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Phil Anderson, Senior VP of Liquid Pipelines Enbridge, and Bruce Fullen, Vice President of Argus Media. For tickets for the State of Energy Luncheon in Houston on April 21st, go to shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash stateofenergy. That's shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash stateofenergy. Sponsored in part by SR Trident. And we're back. You're listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. Sean, before the break, we were talking about this proposal from 10, 10 senators, Democratic senators, um, seven of them from New England states that, of course, have been cut off from new pipelines for years by New York State uh, for, for natural gas. Uh, and they wrote this letter to the Energy Secretary, uh, asking her to study whether or not we should limit LNG exports uh, from the United States because they their rationale being that they think that would somehow lower prices for their consumers. Are, are they right about that? I think infrastructure is uh, it really, again, the, uh, the answer to lowering costs here yeah. in the United States. And what do I mean by that? Well, the irony of at least those seven New England states is that uh, those seven New England states are blocked from one of the largest gas reserves in the world in the uh, in the Marcellus uh, shale area there in Pennsylvania because the state of New York will not allow pipelines to yeah. traverse its state and serve those those states in, in New England. And that's why you see Russian gas tankers in Boston Harbor. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is truly astounding that pipelines, which are the safest modality for moving any commodity, much safer than rail or truck uh, or even even ship, uh, will not be allowed through the state of New York. And that's why uh, the, the New England states of Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut uh, have more expensive uh, gas. Uh, so, you know, it, it, if, if they would really look at taking care of that constituency by allowing with of course oversight from government uh the installation of the needed infrastructure to move the uh the marcellus gas i think they would see a much bigger impact than reducing any lng exports most of which comes from the u.s gulf and does not serve the new england market anyway uh you know energy secretary uh, granholm announced in december that this administration is not considering a crude oil export ban. I think that uh, Secretary Granholm needs to come out with a similar statement related to liquefied natural gas. In the absence of that, you're going to continue to see some of our allies, like Germany, uh, take a much softer stance on Russia 
yeah. for fear that their uh, energy supplies uh, cannot be satisfied if, in fact, sanctions are levied against Russia. You know, that, that, that brings me to another question, too, because I think it's important for everyone to know. We have this energy crisis happening in Europe right now. The United States LNG industry has just done a tremendous job of getting as much natural gas over to the European continent as possible. And I wanted to, to give you a chance to talk about the key role that your port is playing in that effort, facilitating those exports. Talk about what, what that's meant uh, in, in your part of the business there, managing the port and, and all that traffic going in and out. Well, we're, we're heads down focused on creating that infrastructure. As I, as I said, uh, you know, we are modality agnostic, as I like to say, <laughs> certainly the, the lifeblood of any port is it's, it's, uh, it's ship channel, it's waterways, any seaport. Uh, and that's no different here at the Port of Corpus Christi. But we're also served by three class one railroads. Uh, we have two uh, interstate highways that uh, intersect and transect here in the South Texas coastal bend. Uh, and then of course we have more pipelines from the Permian and Eagleford uh, energy production fields coming to Corpus Christi than any other single gateway in the United States, which is why we are the largest energy export gateway in the country. So it's really about building that infrastructure to make these goods that move through our port more competitive uh, for our customers and certainly make them more available to our trading partners around the world. That's what the Port of Corpus Christi is heads down focused on is taking public funds and deploying them right alongside private capital to ensure that high degree of certainty that goods can move through this port uninterrupted, safely and competitively. Sean, in the last few minutes we have, I'd like to um, leave you with, if there's something that is on your radar that is like what the port is going to be focusing on for 2022, what are those goals and what is it that you think is vital to keep um, an eye on from the port's perspective? It, it's a great question, Kim. We really have to lean in on developing good public policy at the federal level and certainly here in Texas that supports not only our existing uh, energy uh, supplies, but does focus on the transitions and the evolutions to some of these new opportunities in, in powering our economy and, and powering global economies. So we are really gonna be focused this year on working with this administration. Again, it's been very difficult to get access to this administration, but we're uh, tenacious and we're gonna continue to uh, make efforts to, to sit down with them and help them understand that we're here to bring solutions. We're not here to uh, to fight with them. We're not here to, you know, uh, even though we may disagree on, on how to treat hydrocarbons, ultimately hydrocarbons are here to stay. I do not believe that we've seen peak oil consumption globally. We continue to see energy demand globally rise, but we've got to continue to craft good public policy that protects this national economy certainly protects the great women and men, the hardworking women and men who produce energy, not only for our domestic use, but the fact that we are one of those blessed countries that can feed and fuel its own people and still have enough left over to export to our allies and trading partners. Let's not, let, let's not uh, uh, squander that, you know, that opportunity through misguided policy. That would be a disservice to the American people. Very good. Uh, as you, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Dave. Well, just one one quick thing. Uh, you know, we've heard you talk about not having a, a relationship here with the administration or it being difficult. And earlier in the show, 
we mentioned that a couple of the big companies, uh, oil and gas companies, had said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Is it is it worse uh, in this administration than it was during the Obama administration? I know we had that same dynamic kind of going on where you couldn't even get a meeting uh, in the Obama administration with some of these officials. Is it is it that bad in this administration too? Well, my experience with the Obama administration is, is a tad different, David. Uh, I did not have any problem uh, having access yeah. to the Obama administration. Now, at that time, I was in California, uh, but California still has a very robust energy appetite and is a energy producer as well, not a net producer, it's a net consumer. Uh, but I was able to sit down with folks like Gina McCarthy, who is President Biden's environmental czar. Right. Uh, and I found her to be uh, uh, certainly tough-minded, uh, but reasonable, uh, and we would be able to agree to disagree on uh, certain, uh, you know, certain uh, aspects of public policy, and in other areas, agree. This administration, we cannot even get a meeting, and that's what's disturbing. What I'll, I'll leave you with is, you know, it's it's like uh, when your wife is is yelling at you, uh, you know, you know things are going to be okay, but it's when she's not talking to you that you know that there's a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more, Sean. <laughs> and with that, we're going to close out the show. It's always a pleasure to have you come on the show, Sean, and get us up to speed about what you guys are doing and really how vital the Port of Corpus Christi is to the energy and gas sector. But also, it's a matter of, of national security. We have to help our allies and we have to be there. So I do wish you luck in hopefully getting in front of the Biden administration. And I'm hopeful, too, that you guys um, can find your way um, into talking to them and educating them on better policies that make more sense for us here in the United States. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, David. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.